You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that. Well, what an amazing and surprising reading to both conclude our sermon series from the book of Revelation and for us to hear this morning on Palm Passion Sunday. The day when we begin by shouting hosannas to our Lord and welcoming Him with open arms and end with shouting crucify Him like that crowd did in Jerusalem all those many years ago. Jesus' words are surprising, not just because he, doesn't, he begins with criticism. Every other letter to a church, he begins by first giving them some compliments, then a criticism. But because of the nature of the criticism he gives. And his criticism is this, is that the people of God are not excited enough. They're not passionate enough. They're neither cold nor hot, neither excited for God, nor even turned away from Him. And what God is, what Jesus is saying here is that He's more pleased with a robust sinner than He is with a half-hearted Christian. This is terribly striking. The great existential philosopher and Lutheran uh, Soren Kierkegaard said, Let others complain that this age is wicked. My complaint is that it is paltry. It's lousy. That the people... Here's what he actually said. He said, This age lacks passion. Men's thoughts are thin and flimsy like lace. They are themselves pitiable like lace makers. Their thoughts, the thoughts of their hearts, are too paltry to be sinful. For a worm it might be regarded as a sin to harbor such thoughts, but not for a being made in the image of God. We are made in the image of God. I want you to think about who God is from the Bible stories. See, our culture tells us has kind of a picture of God as sort of this kind of weak, ineffectual, far-off being who's there to kiss our boo-boos when we need it but otherwise doesn't get too involved in our life and doesn't get too excited and just wants us to be happy. But the God of the Bible, frankly, has a lot more grit than that and a lot more stuff to Him. The God of the Bible creates a wonderful world and He sees that it is good and He says that it is good and it is good and it's so good He wants to share it with beings made in His own image. So He fashions out of the clay of the earth the Adam. Breathes His own spirit into Him. Fashions Him in His own image and we are made in that image. And then when we get it, 
then we make our mistake. <laughs> we miss the mark. And God is anything but lukewarm when He kicks Adam and Eve out of, out of Eden. God's anger is palpable. His wrath that they cannot now be what they could have been had they been obedient. He kicks them out and even though he promises right in the middle of kicking them out there's a promise of restoration and sometime I'll preach about that. We see this glorious loving God get angry at his children. And then we see him cry out for vengeance for them and hear their cries when they're enslaved and he wants to set them free and his desire for justice is such that he brings the plagues upon Egypt and then he establishes them finally in their own land. And he fights for them. And then, and then they spend all this time running away from him. And he's not afraid to call them names. Adulterer. Adulteress. Backslider. Recalcitrant. Rebel. People who hate me. He's not afraid to let his passion for them show. And the surest proof that we are fallen from grace is that we lack the passion we see our Lord display for us. Because here's the truth. Those crowds greeting Jesus on that first day when they shouted Hosannas and welcomed Him to the city as a conquering king... They did not yet know what we know about God. But the same God who cried out for justice, who wanted the love of His people passionately, would become a human being and willingly give up His throne in heaven to take His throne on a cross, to give up His immortality, to take on our more to shed His blood for the sake of our salvation. This is a God who will not only demand, but give. And give more than we can possibly have imagined or asked for. This God is He not worthy of a wholehearted response? Alexander Solzhenitsyn said that that dividing line between good and evil runs right through the middle of every human heart because we're half-hearted creatures. God deserves the whole of our being, the whole of our love, the whole of our devotion. We come this day and shout Hosanna. We come this day and shout crucify Him. And cannot each of us look into our hearts and see that same reality reflected. We are told that there is such a thing as too much religion. And that's perhaps understandable since the fall of the Twin Towers. People have been worried about religious zealots. <laughs> but you know what I've noticed? 
I never see people worrying about Amish terrorists. We never worry that Amish people will take their creed too seriously. It's not too much faith. It's faith in the wrong kind of God that's dangerous. A God who sheds His blood for us and dies for the sake of our salvation is a God who demands not a cold or a lukewarm, but a hot and passionate response from His people. He claims us to live wholeheartedly. All praise be to Him who has claimed us for such a destiny. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light.